Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Good morning. I'm Gene Wilhelm. I'm your host today on Red Sea Roundup. I'm so glad that you are here. I'm glad to be here. Uh, Today is Wednesday, February 13th, and it has several feast days today, most of whom are saints that you've probably never heard of. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about St. Catherine of Ricci, uh, who was, I think she was born in 1522. At the age of 14, she entered a Dominican monastery, a convent, uh, and at 20, I think it was at 20, she became the mistress of novices, and at 25, she became the prioress of this monastery. Uh, very notable among the things that she's done is she was a, a confidant or a, an advisor to three popes during her lifetime, and so uh, look her up. Uh, she's the saint of the day. And there are a lot of others uh, that are there. Like I say, most of them are people you've never heard of. And uh, we've got uh, a big day planned today. Uh, in a few minutes, we will have a pre-recorded uh, segment with Trey Ramirez. He's going to be talking about Father Timothy Gallagher's visit here on the 23rd uh, on the discernment of spirits. And I have in the studio with me today, Mike Bonin, and he is going to talk to us about men's ministry and also the men's retreat, which is coming up on the 23rd as well. And Mike told me yesterday that that is sold out. So, uh, you, you may want to try something else for that particular thing, or listen to some of the things that Red Sea is going to be doing on interviewing people who are at that that uh, day of reflection and retreat. Yeah, so you want to, we've got a number of things coming up in the uh, area. We sure do. Besides the uh, men's retreat, and one of those is that Discernment of Spirits retreat at uh, St. Thomas Aquinas in College Station. So you want to go to the interview with Trey, talk, and then we'll come back and do the... Uh, uh, let's wait just a minute with that, okay. Thaddeus. Uh, we also have the uh, Pro-Life Banquet, mm-hmm. uh, which is the twenty. 20- First. That's right, February 21st. And Raymond Arroyo will be there at that, and I think you're going to be doing a little interview with him uh, to play next week when Pam yeah. is the host. Yep, we're, you're going to talk to him, but uh, we're going to have it played on Pam's oh, right. first part of Pam's show, which is the day before the the retreat. Okay. Or, I'm sorry, the uh, benefit dinner. Okay. And so uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot else going on, and of course Red Sea Radio is always here for you. And we're glad that you're here and uh, know that you support us very much. We appreciate that. Yeah, and the big thing to look forward to, uh, our listeners in the Central Texas listening area, Waco area, is April 25th benefit dinner at Sacred Heart Parish there in Waco, 7 p.m. We're going to be bringing in Tom Peterson, founder and head of Catholics Come Home. He spoke to our... Brazos Valley listening audience back on All Saints Day, and he's going to come up and give this, the uh, rousing talk that he uh, delivered here for our Waco area listeners. And we're going to raise 
uh, lots of money to help pay down the debt for the uh, the tower in Waco and, and help us stay on the air, encouraging and strengthening um, our listeners' Catholic faith. And man, there's been a lot of, uh, we know of indiv- several individuals who have come into or, or are coming into the Catholic Church in the Waco area as a result of Red Sea being there. So that is already making a big difference for people up there. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So you got anything else we need to talk about today, Thaddeus? Uh, we want we wanted to mention, uh, we, see, we, t- we talked about the benefit dinner, February 20, 21st for 40 Days for Life. Uh, you can go to 40daysforlife.org, right? right? You go to stabcs.org for the Father Timothy's retreat. Yes, it's under events there. February 23rd, Saturday. You can listen to the radio station on February 23rd from at 11 a.m. to hear some interviews and our broadcast from the men's retreat. But like you said, no more tickets available. Sold out. That is probably the first time that's ever that's happened. That's exciting. Yes. That's really exciting. So are, you, are we ready to listen to the interview I did with Trey a couple of days ago? Right. And Trey is going to be setting up the Timothy Gallagher, Father Timothy Gallagher Discernment of Spirits Retreat. That's what he's going to be speaking on. Okay. Mm-hmm. So here's Trey. Okay. Uh, I've got in the studio with me now uh, Trey Ramirez, and uh, we are going to be talking a little bit about the visit of Father Timothy Gallagher at St. Thomas Aquinas on the 23rd uh, for the Discernment of Spirits. Good morning, Trey. Good morning. Uh, great, great to be here today. Uh, yeah, we're very excited that uh, Father Timothy Gallagher will be coming, spending a day with us on the 23rd, as you said. Uh, we're going to start at 8 o'clock in the morning um, with registration, and then we'll uh, he'll take us through the 14 rules of discernment that are, are, are key to, to understanding for our spiritual life. And we'll have um, math at 11, and then we'll have lunch, uh, and after that we'll conclude by 5 o'clock. So um, we're hoping people uh, continue to register uh, at our site at the St. Thomas Aquinas uh, website, which is stabc.com. O-R-G. I'm sorry, it's S-T-A-B-C-S dot Thank you, yes, yes. And then under the event, events tabs, you'll be able to okay. to find the event and, and okay. register. Um, it'll be $15 um, if you register uh, after the, the 11th. It goes to $15, uh, and that'll include uh, some some snacks and, and also lunch okay. will be provided. Uh, for those people that don't know who Father Timothy Gallagher is, just give us a brief description of who he is and, and why he talks about discernment of spirits. So, yeah, Timothy Gallagher, it's, it's, a, it's interesting to me that, that he is not a Jesuit. He is an um, um, uh, oblate of, of Virgin Mary, so, but he was intrigued by the Jesuits' teaching, by St. Ignatius' teaching. And, and he, did a, he, he talks about doing a retreat early on and how a lot of the uh, retreatants came after and, and really— uh, were impressed and and encouraged him to continue to t- teach on discernment. So um, he he wrote several books. He's the one that I'm very fond of is the Discernment of Spirits and an Ignatian Guide for Everyday Living. Um, and, and he does a, a, a great job of of inter putting the pieces together on the rules and how they apply to to a daily day, our daily activities, and how that can really um, open our eyes and and you know help us hear. 
God's call in our daily activities. Now, Father Gallagher is uh, on EWTN, so some people may have seen him there or heard him. Yes. And, but he's very popular, and it's taken a while to get him here, correct? That is correct. So, so this vision started about three years ago, and, um, and then we finally were able to, to sit down a year and a half ago, and we booked him. Uh, so this has been on the calendar for now a year and a half, uh, and, and, and we're extremely excited. He's a very busy. He stays, stays busy every weekend. Uh, at times, I know that he has to rest his voice. Uh, he's he's kind of uh, indicated that sometimes he's got to kind of step away because he's always uh, giving these these um, um, retreats, seminars, um, not only on discernment, but he does a great job on the liturgy of the hours as well. Uh, but yeah, it, it was uh, it, it took some time to get him here, but we're extremely excited. And that's the reason why it conflicts with the men's retreat that's going on in uh, St. Williams. I think it's St. Williams in Round Rock. Yeah, Same that, weekend, and we just didn't really have a choice, did we? No, we didn't. So uh, that was a, the first available date we had, and, and again, it was a year a year and a half ago that we booked them. So uh, we didn't kind of understand the dynamics of everything that was going on in the diocese of Austin, which seems to be very busy. That's a good thing. Yeah, and discernment of spirits. Uh, when we talk about that, we're not really talking about trying to determine whether it's an evil. Uh, what he's talking about is not really determining whether it's an evil spirit or a good spirit that that's there, but it's more. It, it's more basic than that, is it not? Well, it, it, it's it's rooted back to you know be aware, understand, and take action. That's kind of the pillar that he talks about. So in essence, yeah, it it helps you understand at times, you know, that that maybe uh, the things that you're discerning might not be of God, and that could maybe uh, direct you in a different different path. So so yes, I think I think it does really um, touch a little bit on 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 what is what is evil and what is not and what or what is of God and what is not of yes. God as he likes maybe likes to state it better and he's going to talk a little bit about sometimes we have consolations and sometimes we have desolations yeah he'll he'll talk about the two forms of consolation there's spiritual consolation and non-spiritual consolation and he does a very good job of of uh, identifying those but the 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 desolation part of it was to me was the most intriguing in understanding non-spiritual desolation and and spiritual desolation. There's a big difference between those two, and, and those are very eye-opening to understand um, what the differences might be and how we think that maybe we are in a desolation, but we're not. Maybe it's uh, we just need lack rest. Uh, we need to change something in in our daily lives to maybe maybe be able to enhance us to to be be able to listen to God's will or His word. If somebody is listening to this interview, which we're recording a couple of days ahead of time. Uh, who would be someone who would benefit most from coming to this particular seminar? You know, uh, that's a great question. And um, I would say that any kid, any kid out there that is um, beyond, you know, God is confirmation has, has been the uh, first communion, you know, because he's, he's very basic. Uh, it, it's very basic in the sense that we need to start putting into practice his, his rules of discernment of Ignatius and his teachings because it's very simple and, and, and it applies you and it, and it forces you to maybe to change your way of thinking. So it, as soon or the sooner that we can ap- apply his methods, that'll build a long-lasting habit that can, can give us a great, great peace as we go forward in, in, into our Christian, Christian life. But somebody who's a grandfather or somebody who's a father or mother would benefit just as well, correct? Oh my, yes, absolutely. And 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 the beauty of that is is that if if uh, grandparents parents um, understand this, then you can help your kids, your grandkids, and help them in, in a kind way. 
uh, start talking about, you know, God's God's voice, the the how the Holy Spirit is talking to us, and how to put that in, in motion that we can understand, you know, what is what is God's call in our lives. And that isn't really as as difficult and as unusual as some people seem to think it is. It, it's it no, it's not. It's it, it's a simple process. Um, you know, basically his pillars is be aware, understand, and take action. And and if you if you ask yourself those questions when you're facing some challenges. Um, it, it it would it really opens your your eyes and your and your mind and your heart as how simple that we can apply that and then start talking about the consolations we talked about and the desolations and how how they lead to be a consolation or a desolation and and how to prepare ourselves for for future desolation or how how to prepare ourselves when we're in desolation in in the tools and the taxes that we need to understand at how the spirit is, a spirit uh, appears to us whether it's of God or of of not of God and how that applies to you in that in that desolation or that consolation so you can you know prepare yourselves to to stay in consolation or, or move yourself out of desolation what happens uh, if if i were to tell you i really don't want to go because i don't want to hear what god has to say to me because i'm afraid he's going to ask me to do something that i really don't want to do that's difficult and i don't want to change sure sure so so um there's a couple of things there. Uh, first, I encourage you to come because it, it just, um, e- e- to your point, if, if you hear something that, that's calling you or you think something that's, that's calling you to do something, well, understanding the, the discernment of spirits can maybe weigh out or, or move out all, remove all that noise out of, of, of your thoughts, and, and maybe it'll bring more clarity to what really is going on in your life. So I think, I think there's a lot to gain by by coming to the uh, to the to the to the seminar now if somebody would want to get ready for the seminar which is coming up on on the 23rd of February uh discerning hearts is an app that is out there so anybody can download it on on your iPhones or Androids and in the uh, discerning app uh there's a there's a section there on the for uh Father Gallagher and if you go to that to that site or to that within the app it can lead you to discernment of spirits and it will give you a little insight about what he teaches and also go through the 14 rules that you'd be wanted to start get a get a kind of a uh, an early start on 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 discernment of spirits i would highly encourage for someone to do that 14 rules that sounds like a lot trey they they are a lot of rules but once you know the basic four rules then they all apply they all build from each other so, so but he breaks them out because some of the rules are just basically teaching you what not to do when you're in, in desolation it sounds like this is the type of seminar where someone might want to bring a pad or a notebook and a pen to be able to take notes absolutely and he'll have some literature and and we're going to be printing out some literature so people can some handouts so they can have and they can take notes and uh and he I'm almost sure Father Gallagher will be selling his book uh as I mentioned it earlier, it's a purple cover. It's discernment of spirit. It's an Ignatian guide for everyday living. He also has the book that companions the that book, and it's it's um, it's any uh, a reader's guide. And he'll ask questions based on the rules that that allows you to go back to the book. But the also the beauty that of, of the reader's guide is that he'll he'll question you and he'll challenge you to go back and reflect because we've we've all had decisions to make. You know, we had decisions to make. This morning, and and if you start going back and li- looking at what you've decided to go forth, and you apply what you've learned, you really you'll really understand how this really is important in in our daily lives. Again, tell us again uh, how to find out about this retreat, 
this street seminar, where you go to get it, where you go to register, and uh, the, the dates and times again. Okay, the date is uh, February 23rd. Uh, it's a Saturday. We'll start at 8 o'clock, and it, it'll conclude at 5. You can go to the St. Thomas Aquinas website, which is uh, uh, stabcs.org, and under the events section, you can uh, you can register by selecting uh, uh, Discernment of Spirit. Uh, it's a fifteen dollar uh, donation. Uh, you will get uh, a lunch, some drinks, and also under that that link there, you'll see some other um, websites to Timothy Gallagher. If you want want to learn more about him, or if you want to uh, download the app, you have access to do that on from the website as well. Again, what is the app? Uh, Trey? The, discerning Hearts is the name. Discerning of the Hearts, and that's both Android and iPhone, yes. iPad. Yes, sir. Again, Trey. Uh, he's, Trey has got so much to offer, and he and his uh, brother-in-law are uh, primary on this. So, uh, Thaddeus, why don't we go to break early today? Yeah, let's get to uh, our other guest, right, Gene? That's right. Okay. Let's see. Okay, folks, we're back. We had a little bit of uh, had a delay a little bit for our listeners in Palestine and Waco to get us all back on track, but now we're here. Thanks for holding on, Gene. To you. Okay, welcome back to Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host, Gene Wilhelm, and now I have with me a friend for the last year or so, Mike Bonnet. And folks, I have to apologize a little bit if I sound more funny today than usual because I have uh, been struggling with the uh, effects of something that's either blooming or whatever in the area. So I've got a little bit of a stoppy nose and coughing and sneezing and all that kind of stuff. I have been dealing with that as well for the last month. Nice. Mike, how about you? I'm clear so far. Good. Right. You haven't lived here long enough. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, it's so good to have you here. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got to Bryan College Station, because you've been here, what, about a year? About a year and a half, yeah. year and a half now? Yeah. But you didn't live here before. No, I did not. I did not. And you, what part of the country are you from originally? I guess I spent most of my time in the Houston area. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I graduated from Texas A&M in 1981, uh, met my wife here and, um, in my job, we traveled quite a bit. Um, that included overseas, included overseas. So, uh, if you count all the homes we've lived in, when we moved back to Aggieland, this is our 12th home. So it's almost like, uh, there's a divine sign that said we should be in Aggieland for our retirement. Okay. Now, in your years in Houston, uh, 
Mike's going to talk to us about men's ministry and the upcoming men's retreat and some other things. But this isn't the first time you've been involved in men's ministry, is it? No, it's not. In fact, uh, just, I guess, this, a story and how this all got started. When my son was in Boy Scouts, um, he and his buddy and then um, his buddy's father and myself drove to Colorado. And uh, the Boy Scout troop was organized through our parish. So as we were driving— um, my friend and I started talking about what's missing in our church right now. And what we, what we came up with was a time that men could get together and talk about their faith. And so we came back from this Boy Scout trip in 1999 and met with the pastor and said, we'd like to start something here at our church. And he endorsed it. And uh, oddly enough, there was a, a friend of mine who lived in Edmond, Oklahoma, and I mentioned this idea to her. And she said, you know, Mike, our deacon just wrote a book called Signpost, How to Be a Catholic Man in the World Today, for that very purpose, Catholic fellowship groups, Catholic men's fellowship groups. So we ordered that book, and uh, we started a group uh, with 12 guys, almost like the 12 apostles. And we met on the second and fourth Saturdays mornings of every month, and uh, they are still meeting in this parish in Houston, Texas. And that's what, 23 years, more years ago? Since 1999, so about 20 years 20 they've years. been meeting. That's that's quite a bit of longevity. Mm-hmm. And the, mm-hmm. are you, you're not still doing, they're not still doing the book down there, are they? Believe it or not, they like the book so much they keep cycling through it. And it's just like reading scripture. When you read something at one point in your spiritual life, and then grow and read it again, you get something a little bit more from it. You've told me about this book before, and it's like, what, 52 chapters or something like that? Right, Gene. It's 52 chapters that cover all areas of men's spirituality, and uh, each chapter has um, related readings in Scripture, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, a modern-day parable, and then discussion questions. And what we find is there are many men who who really don't know we haven't taken the time to read the catechism. So mm-hmm. especially in a topical format and they're reading uh, from the catechism on a particular topic, uh, men really do enjoy reading what our Catholic Church teaches about a particular topic. Okay, so that's been successful. and they keep recycling through it. What's the name of the book? Again, one more time. Well, it, it's called Signpost, How to Be a Catholic Man in the World Today. Now, is that available through Amazon or someplace? Well, that's a funny story. I I jumped on Amazon last week to order uh, some copies for a couple of groups that are starting up. And uh, I guess Amazon's decided to to, um, to to let the book go out of print, so their prices were astronomical. But I did find uh, the book again on Catholic Online Store, the CatholicOnlineStore.com. And you can find them there. So if somebody goes, does a search through Google or whatever your favorite uh, search engine is, you should be able to find out how to find get a copy. Correct. Okay. Correct. Now, you, that goes to the next thing that we're to, I'd like to talk to you about. When you got here, you, you found something a little bit different, correct? Correct. Correct. So when I got here, um, I'd retired and— one of the things I wanted to do was to get plugged into uh, to um, other Catholic men. So uh, 
started attending the group that you have on Mondays at noon, enjoyed that group. But I live close to uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, and they have a group called Bold Catholic Men. And uh, last year, about this time, they were selling tickets to the annual men's conference that I'll be talking about here in a moment. And um, so I went to buy my ticket from a fellow named David Jordan. And when I went to buy my ticket, he was working on something. And I said, what are you working on? And he said, I'm trying to set up a Catholic men's fellowship in my parish, St. Anthony's. I said, you are? I said, I've done that before. Why don't I help you with that? He goes, would you? So uh, we got a group started at St. Anthony's. They're following this same book, and they've been meeting probably about three months now, and they're enjoying the book quite a bit. Let's and in that, in working with him, he said, you need to help help us out with the Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men. And so I've started working with him in that regard. Just Well, now that you mentioned Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men, can you tell us a little bit about what that is? I know you've discussed it before when you were here, uh, what, six months or a year ago, but tell, remind us, what is the Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men? So this is a group that was started in 2006 um, with the whole idea of enriching the spiritual, sacramental, family, and community lives of men. And it's actually organized under the diocese or through the diocese of Austin. It's got a board of directors, so there's a uh, vision and mission of the group. Um, there are two big events each year. There's an annual men's conference, which will be next week. And then there's also an annual mass with the bishop. Um, and the activities are primarily to uh, go into every church of the diocese to establish a fellowship of Catholic men. Okay, and so are, are there a lot of parishes that are covered, or how how, is that, how does that work, Mike? So currently, there are about 125 parishes in the diocese, and we have about 33 of those parishes have an active fellowship of Catholic men group. Uh, so we have, uh, we're organized in such a way that we have deanery leads uh, there are 11 deaneries in the diocese. We have nine deanery leads. And the role of these deanery leads is to work with those parishes that do not have a uh, Catholic men's fellowship uh, and work with them to establish one. So our goal is to go and meet with, pre- meet with the pastors and talk to leader, men leaders of the church to see if we can establish some or a fellowship of Catholic men in that particular parish. Is that a big job to start a fellowship of Catholic men in a parish, Michael? Well, it's, um, it is a role—I wouldn't say it's hard. Once you plant the seed and there's a bit of excitement, uh, the biggest part of it is establishing the best time and the best place to meet, uh, and then certainly working on the communications. The resource that we recommend is the book that I mentioned just a while ago, and once we've arrived at that, it's really getting started— and it's almost like the old adage, build it and they will come, and men do come. Okay, so so it's not – somebody is not making a, a lifetime commitment to 30 hours a week working on this particular thing. Oh, heavens no. Uh, in fact, one of the formats we say it's more of a plug-and-play format. We know men are busy in their lives, and they uh, travel. Men get busy with their families. Um, but – what we do find is that once men get started, they start to establish relationships that are stronger than 
the relationships that they have outside of their faith lives, and they begin to draw on those uh, relationships in a way that they never did before because they begin to share uh, about their faith li- faith lives with each other. Well, you, you've taken it to another level because uh, you are working here at St. Mary's for a uh, fellowship for men, and the, it, it's basically what what is euphemistically called the permanent parishioners. So it's the old folks instead of the college <laughs> folk, correct? That's correct. Uh, in fact, we met this morning. Uh, there's a core group of guys who stepped forward and said, you know, we've just moved in here from other places and we've uh, and outside of Texas, in fact, and we've been part of um, Catholic men's fellowship groups before, and it really did help us in our faith journey. And so just a couple guys came together and said, how do we do this? And uh, so we've had a couple of meetings, and we met this morning and arrived at a launch date of March 20th. Uh, we'll be communicating more about this. We'll be meeting on Wednesdays from 7 to 8.30 uh, here on the St. Mary's campus. And uh, we'll start with the book that I mentioned a while ago. And again, we'll be getting some more word out on that so that people know exactly where to meet. Well, Mike, as though you weren't busy enough with men's fellowship, you've got some other things going on in your life, too, that where you're serving God. Do you care to discuss some of those? <laughs> I, yes. Um, of course, I'm retired now, so you, when we are retired, we, we have some discretion on where we use our time. Um, but I live close to St. Thomas Aquinas, so that's the church that I see Gene at morning Mass, so it's a, it's a fun place to be. And uh, there I've noticed that they're starting a Stevens ministry, so I'm going to start doing some training there. Uh, my wife really enjoys coming to St. Mary's, so we um, come to our Sunday liturgy here, and uh, here I'm involved as a sacristan and help with the liturgy and also RCIA. So, and you're also a lector. And a lector, so Gene and I sometimes tag team as lectors when the students aren't there, and that's a lot of fun. So uh, uh, just for benefit of those folks who don't know what the Stevens ministry is, well, we can just digress for a couple of minutes and talk about what that is. So the Stevens ministry is a ministry that was started about 15 years ago, if I remember right. And it's a, it's a ministry that was established by a man who had both his doctor of divinity and uh, a doctorate in psychology, if I remember. And he married the two together and said, you know, this is a powerful way to help people through difficult times in their lives. And he said, I believe I can train lay leaders to help people as they're going through difficult times in their lives. So basically, a Stevens uh, ministry volunteer, for lack of a better word, goes through a bit of training in helping people go through those dark times through prayer, through friendship, through encouragement, um, so that they are actually helped through that difficult time. The ministry results have been very effective. It's an interdenominational effort. Um, There are several churches here in the Bryan College Station area who have it. Um, St. Thomas Aquinas, to my knowledge, will be the first Catholic church that will be establishing this ministry. And my understanding also is that with the Stevens ministry, again, it's a short-term commitment to the individual to get them through the difficult time. Correct. Correct. Okay. So... What are you What are you doing to stay busy, Mike? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, usually when I'm not out 
away from the house. I'm at the house, and whatever my wife needs done, I'm doing. That's I sounds like a true husband. <laughs> there you go. Uh, let's go back a little bit and talk about the um, the deanery coordinator or whatever it is. That and there's there we don't have a one in all of the deaneries in this diocese. Uh, what are the res- roles and responsibilities there that that uh, the deanery pr- liaison or coordinator would be do- handling, Mike? Okay, so l- let me step back a bit and just talk about the vision of the okay. Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men. The vision is that no man is left behind, and so so you ask yourself, well, what does that really mean? What that means is this group is committed that every man in the diocese is given the opportunity to join a Catholic men's fellowship group so that he can become a better disciple of Christ. So so that is it in a nutshell of what we're all about. So we're organized in a way that um, we have deanery leads who go into the parishes where we do not currently have a fellowship of Catholic men, and we meet first with the pastor, and we talk to him about uh, why this is important, what benefits it can bring to his church, how it works, what does a typical format look like. And we ask the pastor, can he give us the name of men in his parish who are natural leaders already, and can we visit with them to form a core group? Alternatively, we ask him if there's some time that we could visit, that we could talk about this with his congregation. Once we've established a core group, then we begin to work with them on um, how to form a uh, fellowship of Catholic men that would work in their parish. Um, how do we name it? What are the guidelines? What resource do we want to use? And then working on the logistics. Uh, where are we going to meet? When are we going to meet? Uh, who can be a facilitator? How often do you want to meet? And so the deanery lead is more or less a consultant to help a parish get up and going to form a sustainable uh, fellowship of Catholic men group. Let's say there's somebody listening to us today that's in a deanery, or they don't know who the deanery lead is, or or their deanery doesn't have a lead. Again, they contact, what, the Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men? And right. How do they do that? Right. I would suggest that they go to our website, um, which is sintexcatholic.com, and on that website is some contact information that you can either, um, either one— contact us and let us know that you're interested in us contacting you to establish a fellowship of Catholic men in your parish, or you're a man who um, connects with the mission and vision of what I just mentioned, and you may be interested in helping as a deanery lead, because we certainly need leaders who can help visit with the parishes, which is a very rewarding experience. Uh, Then you can contact us and be part of a group of men who are going into the parishes and visiting with priests and seeing how we can make our vision come alive of having no man left behind and every man being given the opportunity to join a fellowship of Catholic men group. And no man left behind is the title of another book, right? That's correct. There's both the Protestant and the Catholic version of that. That's correct. That's correct. So that would be a good read for somebody. Correct. So you can already see in what you just mentioned that this is a movement that spans across denominations, um, and uh, men's ministry is very popular in both um, our Protestant brothers and sisters, but also it's gaining a lot of traction also in our Catholic world. Okay, so again, 
what I'm a guy. Let's say I'm a guy that that I uh, I'm out of town about half the time, and I don't know that I really got time to get involved in this. Can I? I don't know what how frequently I can attend these meetings, and uh, is it really going to be worth my while to make an effort to attend a meeting if I can only come every other week or once a month or whatever? Did, oh, absolutely. It, the biggest part of having a fellowship, a Catholic man group, is that you meet other men who are committed to their faith life, and you're able to talk to those men about areas that you can't talk to other men about. And so the biggest part of this is that you're able to form friendships that you would not normally form, and uh, those friendships are helping you in your own faith journey. So even though you may not be able to attend every meeting, it's there for you to uh, be being open to a new friendship that may even help you in your own faith development. And if they're using the book that you uh, talked about earlier, each lesson is self-contained so that if you miss one, you've not missed a, con- a continuation of something. It's not like some of those groups where if you miss one week, you fall behind. Correct. Correct. And is, is that... Has that been helpful to the people that you're aware of? Oh, that's very helpful. In fact, it's it's a resource that if you do find a, a buddy that you want to stay connected with, then you've got something to talk about. Um, if one of you misses a meeting, for example, you can always go to lunch and catch up. And so it, it, it must feel a little awkward sometimes when men get together to talk about something other than the football or basketball score or something of that nature or, or what hunting season is coming up. Did, did, have you, has that been your experience that's a little awkward at first? It, it is awkward at first, but what it takes is establishing a level of trust within the group and with each other uh, before some of these things come up. But we all we all face some of the same issues and we all we all fight some of the same battles. Take pornography, for example. Uh, some of the latest statistics of men who are in the pews say that five out of every 10 men in the pews struggle with pornography. So if we can be honest about it, then there are ways that we can fight it and recognize how damaging that can be in our marriages as well as in our family lives. But it takes a level of trust before a man's willing to say, yeah, I've got a problem with that. How do you deal with it? And we talk about that. Mm-hmm. So, it, in, in other words, it's it's a lot of it is just how do you how do you combat all the stuff that the culture is throwing at you as a man? Correct, correct. And and that's that's difficult, isn't it, Mike? It is. It is. Now, what are the age ranges that you've had experience with uh, in these men's group, particularly here? Well, uh, I know about Thursday morning because I attend there. Right, right. Um, in my experience, we've had men as young as 18. We've had men as, as past their 80s. So um, men at all age, all ages can get something out of a Catholic men's fellowship group. Now, we were talking a little bit before we came on the air, and you said there's a difference in the way that Austin Diocese approaches this from the Houston-Galveston Diocese. Right, right. So I was surprised when I came here to see that the Central Texas uh, Fellowship of Catholic Men is actually organized through the diocese, um, and and they're, in fact, you can find their website is tied to the diocese. So that's interesting to see that it's, it's directly tied to the diocese. In the Galveston-Houston diocese where I came from, 
it was pretty much left up to the parishes to establish what they felt was um, was <laughs> beneficial for their particular group. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a great benefit that you've got all these extra resources. And it's if you're if you're a man that's wanting to establish this, even if it's just one or two or three other men to start with, that you've got something to help you with, is it not? Correct. And the deanery leads that I talked about before have experience in establishing these in the parishes. So um, they will help groups um, get established and also choose the right resource. In addition to the book that I mentioned just a while ago, there are a number of DVD formats with discussion questions um, as well as a popular program that many parishes have today called That Man Is You. And um, and so a deanery league can help choose the right resource that a group can use. And it, it may, that may uh, change from parish to parish. So one parish you may have a group of men that need this type of thing, and another parish may need something different. Or and, and as to when they meet, I mean, it could, there's, each parish is, is different. Correct, correct. Yeah, each parish is different, but we want to keep the focus being on how to become a better disciple of Christ. So if we're growing in our faith journey, then we're finding the right resource for that particular parish to help those men grow in their dis- discipleship for Christ. And I guess the other thing that that is probably pretty uh, interesting or important is that there is the support that and the uh, hope that progress progression in your faith and progression as a man of God is possible. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'm reminded of uh, and Gene. I think you were at this mass where Father Michael Sullivan spoke on the feast day of the conversion of St. Paul. And he talked about um, how people grow and develop. And he said, there are three ways that we grow and develop. There's one that we're first motivated to grow and develop, but second is in our relationships. And when he said that, it dawned on me that that's uh, one of the biggest reasons that we form uh, Catholic men's fellowship groups to have people grow and develop in their faith through their relationships. Great. Let's switch gears a little bit, and we can come back to this if we have time. Let's talk a little bit about the the two things you said the Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men does. One is the Mass, which, I, if I remember correctly, is in the middle of summer, and it's at the uh, at the cathedral in Austin. And the other one is the conference that's coming up on the twenty third. Correct. So let's start. Let's first talk about the conference that's coming up on the twenty third. Um, that conf- this conference is our seventh annual uh, conference. The theme this year is No Man Left Behind. Um, and as Gene mentioned before, we are sold out. We've sold 1,200 tickets. So we have 1,200 men who are coming together at St. William's Catholic Church in Round Rock, Texas. And at this conference, we will have three speakers. Uh, we'll have Hector Molina, uh, Vince Young, the the famous quarterback, he's got a faith story to share, and then John Leonetti. And both John and Hector are um, famous Catholic apologists who, who talk about men's spiritual topics. But during that day, we'll start with a Mass, and there's nothing more powerful than 1,200 men attending Mass together. Um, once Mass is over, there'll be light snacks, and um, 
the, the talks will begin and there'll be time for discussion and men visiting with each other. Um, so the three talks will be during the day. We'll also have priests throughout the, from throughout the diocese be available for confession. Um, and, um, and it's nothing like going to a priest that has never seen you before. <laughs> that's a good point, Gene. <laughs> that's a good point. But the day usually ends up where men have been able to make new friendships and come with a renewed sense of purpose in their own faith life after hearing these speakers um, attending Mass together and having the opportunity to go to reconciliation. I've attended one or more of these. I don't remember how many. There's also a lot, there are a lot of resources available uh, for sale and uh, information to pick up uh, to help men in this journey. Correct, correct. We, in fact, I was also told that all of our vendor opportunities um, have sold out as well, or we filled all of our vendor slots. So there'll be vendors there who have um, books, tapes, CDs. Um, there'll be you know various vendors that will help us in our Catholic walk. And we're... And we're going to be broadcasting from there as well. We will be in one of those vendor slots, oh, very broadcasting good. from eleven to noon. And we'll usually we're usually able to get the three speakers to come on the radio for a few minutes and talk to them. So even if you can't attend the men's conference, you can get a little taste of it if you tune in to Red Sea Radio on Saturday at eleven a.m. Okay, very good. And we have some folks out in Palestine that are listening too. That is going, probably going to be the only way they get are able to do this. Yeah, and they're uh, they're the Diocese of Tyler, so they can get a, a, a taste of uh, some activities going on in the Diocese of Austin. Yes, and if, if those of you in the Palestine area, if, if some of what you hear is uh, of interest to you, uh, you can certainly contact the Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men, com. Correct. And they will... I'm sure they'd be more than happy to spread the news beyond the Austin Diocese. Absolutely. In fact, I'll go ahead and mention we're working with some groups in Tennessee right now uh, to help them get some um, Catholic Men's Fellowship groups up and going. So um, we're sharing the resources as broadly as we can for those who are interested. Okay, going back to the conference that, that's coming up, uh, what it, what are the ages of the men that are going to this? Is, uh, is it a Broad, broad spectrum? It is a broad spectrum, and probably about the same as what I mentioned before, um, ages 18 to over 80. Uh, and you'll see men really span across all of those age groups who, who come to this kind of an event. Uh, and I recall that uh, it's it's an interesting thing if, if a, a hymn is sung, uh, usually one that everybody knows, to hear all those men's voices blend together. Correct. Now, where, where, is the con- uh, where is this conference again? This one is going to be at St. William's Catholic Church in Round Rock, Texas. So which is on, I believe, the, is it the north side of Austin, as I recall? I believe you're correct. And uh, it's been there before. Those of you that have been before, it's been in Round, in Round Rock before, and it's a huge church. It's a beautiful church, beautiful campus. And so, uh, gosh— I, there must be some folks that wish they could sneak under the edge of the tent to get in now that it's all sold out next year just to have to do it a little bit earlier. That's right. Uh, the other thing that happens, uh, particularly for those folks that aren't immediate in the immediately, pardon me, immediate Round Rock area, is the opportunity to commute back and forth, correct? That's correct. And that can build some, some friendships as well. That's right. In fact, we'll be 
taking several car loads from Bryan College Station, and it's it's not a short drive to get there, but you're right. Those friendships um, are also built just on the long drive over there and back. And uh, what what uh, what would you say is the biggest thing that comes out of this conference uh, when all, all is said and done? I mean, other than seeing 1,200 men together, Right. Uh, and the encouragement that you get from the speakers, what what do you think is something that happens longer term? So what I see coming out longer term, um, we do see some parishes who do not have um, Catholic men's fellowship groups um, want to start one. So that's one thing I see. And then I what I've also seen are men who are um, renewed their their faith journey, renew their own sense of purpose in continuing their walk with Christ to become a better disciple. And that's a, that's a difficult thing to do. I mean, there's so many things that pull at a man uh, to, to go different, uh, do a different walk. Right. And then sometimes it's the his own family between job and uh, activities for the children and trying to spend time with his wife. There's really, sometimes there's really not a whole lot of time for the man to spend on something other than himself, other than the guy that sits and watches the football game on Sunday. Right. And that's where the speakers come in. Uh, usually the speakers leave each man with a different insight that will that will speak to him with where he is in his life right now and what's going on in his world right now that maybe he can commit to. And maybe it's just one or two things that he's going to commit to, uh, but it's a new insight that he didn't have before the conference. And we need that every now and then, don't we? We sure do. And that inclu- that isn't just us old folks that, that are here that are retired that are talking here today, but it's also the young folks. Uh, the One of the things that just occurred to me is that perhaps uh, the young man who is married maybe a year or two and doesn't and just overwhelmed by being a husband and maybe a father already, uh, a men's group could be of – immense benefit to him uh, just by being around men that have been through all this before. You know, Gene, it's funny you should mention that. Um, I can't tell you the number of times that I've talked to parishes and uh, I've asked men to raise their hands if they're interested in starting a group. And from the younger men who have families with small children, they will say, yes, I'm interested because I want to learn how to become a better dad from you guys who have done it already. And that's a common theme that we hear from younger fathers who want to be part of a Catholic men's fellowship group. And sometimes us older guys can't say how you do it better. You, we can tell them though how, what you don't want to do. That's correct. <laughs> and, but it's, it's difficult uh, to be a man in today's environment. And because there's so much uh, emasculation of men, and it's almost, in, in some environments, it's almost that you have to apologize for being a man. And uh, so this is a place where you can be a man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you don't have to be uh, anything gross or anything like that to be able to be a man. And that's correct. That's correct. You know, one of the things that we see in some of the parishes that we work with is that there are more women volunteering for liturgical roles than men. Not to say that that's not a bad thing that women are doing those things, but when there are no men present on the altar as Eucharistic ministers or lectors, then then our kids are missing 
the visible observation that men may not be fully leading their faith lives. And what's interesting is once we see an active Catholic men's fellowship group in a parish, that begins to change. Men begin to get more involved in liturgical ministries. Men get more involved in Knights of Columbus. Men get more involved in parish councils and CCD. Men get more engaged, and that's what we're looking to do. Okay, so you pastors out there that are listening and are wanting to get more masculine involvement in the parish, uh, this is a way to do it. Right, right. And I, I do want to mention some pastors, when we begin working with them, say, I don't want this to take the place of my Knights of Columbus. <laughs> or, and what we try to explain to them is that this is different from Knights of Columbus and different from just a men's Bible study. Um, it has a social aspect of Knights of Columbus, and it has a study aspect of a, a men's Bible study. But what it has that those don't offer is more time for spiritual de- development and spiritual friendships through a uh, dialogue or continually sharing of one another uh, of, of their faith lives. And you know, we both know that from experience, don't we, Mike? We sure do. We sure do. Uh, what uh, what do you what do you recommend for the man that's listening today that he, that he do? He says, "I don't know what to do. I, I just don't have a clue. What am I supposed to do? I, I want to change. I want to improve, but I don't know what to do." So the first thing I would certainly recommend is prayer. Um, and um, apart from everything we've talked about in a Catholic men's fellowship group, um, we suggest that men daily, in addition to prayer, examine your conscience, take some time to read and reflect on Scripture. Um, Lectio Divina is an excellent way to do that, and you can certainly Google Lectio Divina to learn how to do that. We suggest that you go to Mass weekly uh, with your family, and if you have an opportunity to go at least one other time during the week, daily Mass is exceptional if you can do that. Um, always keep the Sabbath. Make Sunday a special day for you and your family. Um, keep the Lord's Day. Find a way that your kids can see that that is a day that, that is set apart. Um, build fraternity with other Catholic men. Um, invite other Catholic family members or family men to your house with their families so that your kids see that those are the kinds of relationships that are important. And then finally, I would encourage men to make it a point to go to confession at least monthly. Um, And when you do these things, you will begin to grow in your spiritual life in ways that you didn't know about before. And I would add one more, and that is to pray the rosary daily. Um, This is a habit I've started in the last six months. And even if you've got a busy day, you can squeeze a decade in or a decade there. Mike, I thank you so much for being here today. It's uh, as usual; we've run out of time. It, it's, it does pass rather quickly, doesn't it? And Mike Bonin is with the Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men, and he's been talking about men's ministry as it's available in this diocese. We thank you so much for listening to us today. And remember, when choosing between the values of heaven and the values of earth, always round up. Talking, I'm alive.